Welcome to the Property Experts Podcast by Fantastic Services, where we interview leading landlords, property developers and investors, architects and interior designers. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Fantastic Services Property Expert Podcast. I'm really excited today. As most of you know, who's been following our podcast for a while, know that we're very interested in sustainability and the future of building. And I happen to be joined by Graham Ford from Graham Ford Architects. And today we're talking about a very specific thing that's very close to my heart is designing for sustainability. This is not about how you improve your home. It can be. We'll see what Graham comes up with and how much knowledge he has. But Graham has a number of projects he's done, amongst the others, the Hyde Park Pavilion and a few other things. So it's a really exciting time to talk to Graham. But also when we're expanding and when now, if you think about new build, this is a very good podcast. Remember, subscribe to the Fantastic Services Property Expert Podcast. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, and any other channel. It's on the Property Expert Podcast. And a warm welcome, Graham. Thank you so much for sparing your time and joining the Fantastic Services Property Podcast. Thanks, Roni. I'm very happy to be here. Graham, like everybody else that comes on the podcast, I ask them one particular question, right? It's like, how did you get into property? So I, I got into property because I was interested in designing. So uh, at school, I was really good at drawing and uh, recently good at maths and, and quite a good all-rounder. So that kind of was a perfect um, sort of uh, bunch of skills for, for being an architect. Uh, I like drawing. I could do maths. I could write. So that's how I got into, into property is really through through my sort of skill base from school. Well, it's like it's, it's, it's one of the things I love property design, but my drawing skills are limited, which is I think is one of the main things in architecture, right? In design. Graham, sure. Graham tell me tell me a little bit about your background and, and some of the projects you worked on, because I think what you're working on now and also what you're doing on, on Sports Club and a couple, number of other things is really interesting. Um, so yeah, so, so yeah, that's great. So we um, we we design houses, um, but we also design uh, sports buildings. So we we've got two specialisations: one, renovation of buildings. Um, so I renovated the Roundhouse in Camden Town, and the other is sports buildings. So we just we worked on the London 2012 Olympic Games, um, and through that experience, we learned how to design sports buildings. So we've done a number of pavilions for sport. Um, so there are two kind of areas of specialization. They're also interesting uh, because they're not for living in, but they're for functional. And it's one of those things that like if you build something for function um, in that way, it's like it has to also be aesthetically good. But it also, in some cases, a lot of sustainability goes into this. So tell me a little bit about what you what you think is, is happening on sustainability and, and then now about designing for sustainability. What are some of the things we can do? Yeah, so the, so in terms of um, the big the big thing that's happening in sustainability is off-site manufacture. So when we designed Hyde Park Boathouse, um, all the all the frames and all the timber panels um, that we that we worked on um, were um, oh uh, hold on, let me just let me just see if I can get that. Uh, yeah, if you can see it, it's a very beautiful building. See if we can yeah. For those guys who are listening, uh, we're just trying to bring a picture up. Um, but this should be it's on our YouTube channel. Um, uh, yeah, I can't. I can't get that to work at the moment. But um, when we designed the building, um, 
we, uh, we designed it with a series of frames that were built in a factory. Um, and uh, that, so it was built off site and all the timber panels were built off site. So that meant that everything was extremely efficient um, and there were less materials used. And then on site in the middle of Pipe Park, it was put together very quickly. So it had, it had a, a very low impact on the, on the existing site. It was put together very fast. Um, and it can also be demounted. So because it's a kit set and it's built, it's a, it's a number of frames and panels that are the same size, it can be taken down and taken away. So in that way, it's very sustainable and it's easy to adapt um, and very fast to, to, uh, to put up. So, so yeah, so that's the big thing that's happening in architecture and sustainability is being able to build buildings fast and in factories um, and as much off-site manufacture as you possibly can. Um, there, that's the new innovation. That's the new thing that's happening. So it's, and that brings in sustainability because the factories, you don't have to bring all the equipment out there and the factories can be streamlined on doing that part of the process, which of course becomes more efficient. Um, then there's a transport issue, but that's a lot less than the um, impact it has on the local environment when you're building, because you're going to have to bring everything in there and everything is, yeah. is on site. And, but also the number of materials. I mean, what I, what I hear is timber is, is, is more usable now than it was before with concrete. We all know concrete isn't necessarily the most sustainable thing in the world. Um, it could be very, very long lasting, <laughs> but it's not necessarily the most sustainable thing in the world, um, and especially the production of it during the time. So when you're looking at a new site, and you're looking at this and, and prefab, like how do you get into that in, in design-wise? Yeah, so so actually, the, well, the first thing you do when you design a new building is you, is you think about the orientation um, and you get the building orientated the right way. If you're um, going to use prefabrication, you've got to you've got to have an idea of how that's going to work right at the very beginning. So you so if you're going to use prefab, you've got to set it all out based on standard modules right from the very right from the word go. Orientate the building the right way, um, and then you can you can use prefabrication um, very successfully. But it's about thinking about prefabrication as a solution right from the very beginning of the project. You can't sort of decide to do prefabrication later on. It has to be there right at the beginning. Yeah, but you talk about you talk about this stuff here. Let's talk about the sustainability part because you talk a lot about location and and what not on top of the location, but also orientation. Yeah. Right? And 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 we went through this before, so like I, I'd love you to go into depth with what it means, how much different it means on light, and warmth, and so forth, because that's where I think a lot of us would maybe go for the view or something else when we're building and designing. But there's a lot more to think about than just the view. Yeah, so I think uh, what you've got to do when you're designing the building, uh, you want to design it so that the winter sun, which is lower in the sky, actually goes through the windows and warms up the, the, the concrete slab. So if you have an exposed concrete slab, for example, or exposed uh, tiles, they can heat up with the, with the, with the um, winter sun. But what you want to do is cut out the hot summer sun, so especially the sun that's tracking around to the west, so sort of uh, mid midday to sort of three to four o'clock in the summer, you want to screen that sun out with the roof or with louvers and screens. So I think the kind of the key idea is make use of the winter sun, allow that into the building to warm the building up, uh, especially if it's a house, but uh, screen out the high hot summer sun, especially the sun 
It's like going around to the west. Mm. And there's okay. a lot of things on, on, on that one because that the screening out the summer sun. There's also you can put heat sinks sort of out there. You can be, take take elements that sucks in the heat but doesn't bring it into the building in the summer. Um, yeah. And that's yeah, where that's the concrete right. slab acts as, as an, almost a storage battery for heat. That's right. Yeah. So so basically what you want to do is you want to have um, elements in the building that are heavy. Uh, for example, a concrete slab uh, is, is a good example. But you could have a solid wall that gets a lot of sun that stores the heat. And then in the, and then later on in the day, it releases the heat. So sort of during the evening, it releases that heat and warms the building up. So I think those key principles are the fundamental to sustainable design. And and what does that mean for for the for the owner? I mean, when you're living there, does it mean that one part of the house is super cold, the other one is warm, or is it is it a, a more of a different way? And and what does it mean in savings, for example? Yeah, so I think I think if you've got a well insulated house and you've got it and you've got it orientated the right way, you've got screens um, to keep out the hot summer sun. That reduces your energy in summer because you're spending less energy cooling the building. And it also reduces your energy in winter because if you're letting the lower winter sun into the building that's hitting these heat stores like the concrete slab, then you're you're reducing your energy bills in, 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 um, in winter as well. So you're reducing your cooling bills in summer and you're reducing your heating bills in winter. So all around, it should save you money. And it's not just that. I mean, I was like always like like when you get lights in in the winter, you know, it's incredible. I mean, the the, the even for yourself, like you know, yeah, I come from Bolivia where it's dark, you know, like quite a lot, uh, you know, during no, the winter. Totally. No, there's, a, there's a huge sort of psychological aspect to it, like you know, sort of well-being and and you know, I think if your house is isn't dark and damp and if it's full of light and. Uh, you know, you're going to feel better, and and uh, you're going to have a healthier, healthier house. And and this is where I'm 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 like I'm I'm interested in it, like because you know it's a big dream of mine to build a, a really nice um, nice home one day, and and, and do the rest of it. A really big big dream of mine, and then get it properly designed and architectural stuff. How much is the difference between that and let's say like a type house that you're that you're going out and and, and buying? I mean, it depend. I guess it's like asking how long is a piece of string, <laughs> you know? But yeah. still, like like what's the process? I go you go to an architect, you go. Yeah, so if you if you um, if you want to design a house for yourself to sort of meet your your particular lifestyle and, and the way your family lives, um, you, you first the, the process is you write a brief. So you write all your ideas down on a brief. You take the brief to the architect. So you sort of say, I want you know you, the brief can be what your vision is, what your what you want, how many, and, and then it can be practical as well. How many rooms you want, and 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 what your criteria are for. The house, you know, how sustainable you want it, um, what sort of relationship it should have with the outside, and then the architect sort of takes that brief uh, and works with that brief and and starts designing the building once once you once the brief's been discussed. So the key initial stage is the brief, and then the architect responds to the brief, or the architect will help you develop that brief and help you write it as well. And then you start designing once the architect fully understands what you want to do. So I think that's the key first stage. And a lot, a lot of people don't do that. A lot of people don't write the brief, and a lot of, a lot of, and a lot of architects aren't good at, at taking the brief from the client and developing it. So that's what we do. That's the very first stage. 
Mm. Once and then once that happens, then we start um, mapping out how the building might be might sit on the site. So we 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 go to the with the client to the site, and we look at the site together. And the client usually has a really good understanding of the site because they've lived there or they know it from from you know they've been, they've been going there for a long time. So you will the architect will interpret the site with the client. Um, the client and the client will provide a lot of valuable information to the architect and the architect will use that when they start designing the building. So the architect has to respond to the brief and then respond to the site with their first designs. And I guess that's 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 a really important part of it because also that's where you, where you come in on the understanding of the light and understanding of where it comes from. Yeah. Um, Besides the the sunlight, what else is there of sustainable things? I mean, you know, one is the the other one. One is the one is the positioning of the building or the orientation. Yeah. The second is the thing is the materials used, whether it's concrete slab and wood. What else is there on on sustainability? Yeah. So the the main the the key key things are the light, um, ventilation. So you might orientate the building for wind. Um, so that in the summer you'll get you get uh, cross ventilation through the building, um, and that helps a lot to sort of reduce costs. Uh, and then the other and then the other things are um, embodied carbon. Embodied carbon is sort of the amount of carbon that's used to ma manufacture and assemble the building. So all the materials that you use all uh, all um, all have embodied carbon so the embodied carbon is important and then the um the, the amount of uh the, the performance of the building so how well it's insulated what kind of insulation you use and how much energy you use to heat and cool the building and that will be determined by all these other you know the, the amount of energy you use in use the amount of energy you use to heat and cool the building will be determined by uh, orientation and by the uh, quality of the insulation and how much insulation you have and how much sunlight you're storing in the building as well, how much energy you're storing through your heat stores. So all these factors are the key things in sustainability. And, and on insulation, which is one of my favorites, I mean, growing up in a, in a dark country, <laughs> dark and cold yep. country for the winter, where I was surprised about seeing, not seeing double glazing, for example, in, in, in the UK, you know, you could imagine a single house without double glazing in Denmark. I think in Scotland, they're also using more double glazing. How, what's the, what's the most important part of the insulation? Is it the roof? Is it the windows? Is it the walls? Is it the- Yeah, so I would say the, uh, the weak, the weak part is, is the, are the windows. So sort of where the windows attach to the wall and, and actually the, the windows themselves, a lot of energy is leaked through the windows. So actually, yeah, you're absolutely spot on. It's the windows that are the weak link because uh, the walls usually have a, have a, a very good, uh, good performance. They usually perform really well, but it's the windows, if they're not double or triple glazed or if they have poor seals, um, or they're, you know, if they have poor seals, or if they're not double glazed or triple glazed, then that's where all the energy leaks out from. So, uh, so yeah, so the roof and the walls are usually, if you get the right insulation, they usually perform well. But it's the windows that's, uh, yeah. There's a big energy drain from the windows, either one yeah. way, also for heat, right? Totally so it comes both ways. Yeah. Yeah. Totally, so, totally. And then there's, I mean, the technology in Windows is also constantly developing, right? Now there's heat reflecting, uh, and, and then there's a different kind of gases they use inside the Windows now. 
So it doesn't have to be, you know, the, the uh, this thick or ten centimeters thick to actually have the right effect. But the different gases they're using, the different That's right. materials. No, 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 absolutely, absolutely. So high performing windows uh, make a big difference. Absolutely. So yeah. Uh, no, I remember installing. I installed a double glazing on the inside of a pair of sash windows, and I didn't have to put power on ever. I never had to put the energy on. It was so simple. It was like, yeah. okay. and the best thing was it also blocked out the noise. It was a central London flat, just inside, bam, double du um, double glazing on the inside. Didn't change anything on the outside of the building. Okay, yeah, it took a little bit of space, but I never had to turn on the heating again. Yeah, wow, that's great. That's great. Yeah. And it was it wasn't even that expensive. I think it was I think it was like eight hundred pounds for two, and it was perfect. You know. So yeah, so you get payback from that really quickly. Actually, you know, you'll get uh, you'll you'll get a lot of a lot of payback on that. It might take you a couple of years. I mean, I think the other thing about sustainability is um, energy, sort of any generate energy generation on site. So if you can use photovoltaic panels, or if you can use evacuated tubes for, you know, solar thermal energy that can make a big difference as well. So you can sort of start to, if your building can start to generate energy on site, you could you could end up you could end up having a, a building that actually exports energy to the grid. That would that's going to be the dream. You know, that's the that's where we're all we've all got to head is to actually have a a building with enough renewable energies integrated with the design that you can export energy to the grid. So that's where we're, that's the, that's the big dream. That's what we, that's what we want to, that's where we want to go in the future. And, and I, my, my question to you, you know, because you're getting the clients coming in, it's like how many of your clients are now asking for this? How many clients are asking for going in that direction? Yeah. yeah. So, probably, so most, most, um, so in London, probably 70% of our works renovation um, and 30% of it's new build. So the, the renovation projects um, are, are inherently quite sustainable um, because, because the, we're reusing the existing fabric. So, the, so it ha they all have a very low embodied energy. Um, because we're reusing them, they, they, they are very sustainable. Now, the new build of that 30%, probably only... Um, 10, still only about 10 percent of those clients are asking asking for uh, a really sustainable building but every year every year we we it, it's slowly increasing so we're finding that more and more people are but it's still it's still not a huge percentage and and, and is that what, what do you think the reason for that is because that's that's a fascinating thing to me is like um is it is it because of a fear of cost i mean we, we, we yeah we, People, that's, exa that's exactly what it is. So people sort of are afraid that it makes the design really complicated and makes the build really complicated. But I think if you uh, you get the right team working with you, it doesn't have to be scary. It doesn't have to be expensive. It can be quite. Uh, it can it can be managed so that it doesn't cost you a fortune. And I think the the management of the process is absolutely key, so that it's uh, it's something that is very easy to integrate. So I think um, more and more people are wanting it, and it's going to become mainstream. It's a bit like it's a bit like an electric car, you know. In in ten years' time, everyone will drive an electric car, and in ten years' time, everyone will have a house that uh, is sustainable, or uh, or maybe not ten years' time, but maybe say fifteen, twenty years' time, everybody will have a house that, um, if it's a new build, it'll export energy to the grid. Yeah, no, because right now we're starting with boilers, 2025 boilers, 
the way we know them, the gas heated ones are, are out. I mean, you know, I I didn't understand it because we had central heating. So it's like, what do you mean that, that you have to heat up your stuff at home? I didn't understand that when I moved to Britain the first time. It's like, what do you mean? It's like <laughs> it, heating is done in some factory out there that's that's burning whatever or, or coming from somewhere. And it's like, that's the hot water going through pipes and steam through the, I didn't understand it. Um, I said like, what do you mean? I have to burn something inside. I was like, I hope my son will, 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 will ask me one day. He's like, so you meant your cars had a real engine that burned stuff inside it, right? That's what my, my, my hope is that somebody's going to ask me that. It's like, you meant your cars back then burnt something inside it, right? And I think it's the same with houses. But I'm, I'm a little bit like you said, it's, it's 10% now. And we, we talked about, is it, is the price that much of a difference then? Is that, is it, or is it more in the management of it? Because my view is that it's not necessarily the materials. It's more in the actual knowledge, like what you have. Right? Yeah, it's in the knowledge. So actually that's, that's, that's right. So you can get, you can get about 80% towards a sustainable building by just getting the orientation and the design right. Now that doesn't cost you any more money. If you, if you to orientate the building just is, is just design time. Um, and and to and to design the building so it screens out that hot summer sun, but lets in winter sun. Again, it's just it's just design uh, power, design you know design know how. Um, so that's that's that gets you eighty percent there. Now the last twenty percent um, is you know the materials. Now the materials using a sustainable insulation versus using a non-sustainable insulation isn't a dramatic difference in cost. Um, and um, and then it just comes to the cost of photovoltaic panels, or you know, or solar thermal. So, again, that's something that you could, uh, you know, you could you could just you could decide to spend that money, and uh, you'll have a seven-year payback time on that. So you might decide to invest in that, and in seven years' time, you've paid that off. But but I think I think I think I think that's really interesting what you said. So it's actually not more ex more expensive it just requires um a different skill set yeah. knowledge planning it from the beginning not just yeah. the, the planning the prefab but planning from the beginning when you're on a greenfield site now so that's why i said like i i'd hope you know like like 80 percent of of new greenfield site guys like listen it's got to be sustainable period um and and we've had this discussion on the podcast before with a couple of others and and we're saying should government do more to encourage this or is it us who should do more in, in, in talking about it and not just yeah. talking about it, but like, like making the orders, like what we're doing in Fantastic of changing our cars and changing the way the fleet management is run and so forth. Should the government have more impact on that? Or Yeah, I, th I think they should. I, I think government sort of should. Uh, well, they are, they are already. They, they, you know, they, through the building regulations, there's been a, there has been a big improvement in... Um, in, in energy conservation, so they have played a role um, in, in 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 helping steer the, the whole industry in the right direction. Um, but I think they I think we need leadership from the government to actually really kind of um, accelerate this. Uh, so so absolutely, it should come from government, and government should. Um, but they they should. Um, I mean, I think that uh, we've got to. They've got to put the policies in place and climate change. I mean, obviously, it's a major issue all around the world. Um, and, you know, so I think government, yes, definitely should take a lead and uh, show leadership in this sector. Yeah, for sure. 
Absolutely, but it's like we're going back again because it baffles me a little bit. It's like so it's actually not meant more expensive. Yes, there are a couple of insulation materials, and, and of course, I, I the price of windows is a is a whole different ball game. But also the the quality that you buy when you buy the right windows and and the frames of this stuff it's it's a huge difference. Like to me, it's one of the biggest things. The first thing I look at it built is, is is what kind of windows are in there. Have they actually invested or are they just put in there for the sake of it? Um, you know, for me, a window isn't just a glass. It's a part of the wall, but it's bringing in the light. But first, planning, right? Planning the orientation. Second one was like about heat storage, the materials used inside the right way. The third one is about the the um, the uh, the uh, let's say the materials used in storage, whether the wall is placed there, especially with the wind. And the fourth one, very simple, is like um, it, it can be heat pumps, it can be solar panels, it could be you know light panels that, that that generates this stuff here, and that can be added on later. The other three things you can't really change the orientation later. So that's why it's like any new build. It's it's a shame now hearing that it's not the first thing we think about. Like how do I locate and orient this building to become sustainable? Because and that's maybe a warning or a. a a sign of like, you know, we should be saying this more about the, it starts with the right orientation, like, yeah. yeah. No, then, that's right. I mean, I think, I think a good designer will plan the house so that different parts of the house get sun at different times of the day as well. So obviously the way the house is laid out and the way that, uh, the way that you get light into the house, you might want certain parts of the house to get sun in the morning and then you want certain parts of the house to get sun in the afternoon. And then, you know, and then on top of that, you want to screen out the hot summer sun and let in the winter sun. So the whole, you know, and then you want to get the wind blowing through the house at the right time and you want to orientate it, the gardens and, and, and all the landscape around the house so that... Um, certain winds might be might be might might be there might be a barrier to to certain winds um and yet but then again you might want to let certain winds blow through in the summer you know the wind direction is going to change from summer to winter the prevailing wind is going to be different at different times of the year so all of this all of these different factors are sort of like a matrix of different things that you you consider when you design the house um and that's the that's the know-how of the designer that's the that's the the beauty of design is that it doesn't cost any more you just have to you just have to spend some time planning it at the beginning to get it right i guess that's where the math comes in as well right Graham? <laughs> yeah well there's a there's a little bit of math just in sort of analyzing the the sun angles for example so we always sort of analyze we always make sure we get the sun angles at different times of the year just to just so that we know that and you know in the middle of summer and in the middle of winter we know exactly what the sun angles are on different parts of the house so yeah there's a bit but the computer can help you with that as well yeah yeah but still it's the understanding of that it's a moving thing we're on a planet that moves and we've got to sustain it um you know graham what do you think the future will hold in in, in this one here like like will we will we see will we see this as i said you, you said said 10 15 years um, I, 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 I hate to predict the 10, 5, 3, you know, it's like I, I would have thought we were all driving electrical cars now, but maybe that's my anticipation of it. Um, maybe it takes longer. But if you were starting out now, like if, if somebody was coming in and said, like, I want to build this stuff, would you actually try and push them towards the sustainable look at it? or? Um, I, I think that we would we would automatically design them a sustainable house anyway and i think and as i said 80 percent of it's going to be the design and the orientation now the last 20 percent of the of it the materials the how much insulation they want to put in the client has to sort of um 
a client has to be on board with that. So they're going to get a sustainable house from us anyway. Uh, and the last 20% is going to be driven by the client because the client has to be on board. You can't sort of push a client. You can't push them in a certain direction if they don't want to go. So, so we, we, you know, we work with the client and, uh, and we hope, we, we hope that our practice does, does attract people that want to do this sort of work. Um, and, you know, some people are really willing to do it and other people are, uh, are a little bit more. And it, and it comes down to budget too. So if the budget's really tight, then we, we have to work with the clients and make sure that we can build it to their budget. So budget constraints will come into it. Um, but look, you know, as I say, if they come to us, they're going to get a house that's pretty sustainable. Um, and 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 if you're looking at a gradient, you know, uh, if we can get a house that that eventually exports energy to the grid, um, and they've got the budget to do that, then that's great, you know. Um, but we we work with everybody, and everybody has different constraints. But just still starting out, you're absolutely right on this stuff. You know, I, I said like it also depends on what the reason for the build is, right? There's a number of things that goes on before the thing is like is it built for a resale? I mean, like. Are you looking to build this for for seven years? Are you looking to build to flip in five, three? You know, are you looking yeah, yeah. to do this stuff here to sell? Um, what I, I've seen when I've interviewed others in the property um, experts podcast um, is that there is a small but growing number of discerning clients who will be asking and not only that the energy efficiency report on housing has also meant something in that people are asking this and i've seen a couple of examples where actually listings where it says this is a sustainable house could increase the sale not just the price but also the speed of sale um, that people took that step so as i said like those are also things to bear in mind that that is slowly coming in and it's, it's like it's like the difficulty of buying a diesel car right now right it's like it's like you can't make that purchase right it's like okay well oh, yeah. they're producing them but yeah. uh, you know if i'm to buy new it's not going to be diesel i don't know if i can no, sell it again right 100 percent. Um, and as energy gets more expensive um and as energy gets more scarce um it's going to be like the, it's like going to be like the diesel car you know the the energy the the, the house that sort of consumes enormous amounts of energy nobody's going to want to buy it no. so so the more efficient the house is the less money people are going to have to spend the more valuable that sort of asset's going to be um no. so it's it, it's definitely a change it's definitely it's definitely a change going on in the industry um and in the in society in general people are going to start demanding it more and more um there's, there's no doubt about it and it's going to be a more valuable product um you know, the more sustainable it is, the more valuable it's going to be, uh, for sure. It's just a question of how, how quickly is that going to happen. No, and it's one of the things, is like I always said, like you can't slap a green tax on it, like, oh, it's organic, now it's 10% more, 20% or 30% more. It's like you can't slap a tax on it. I don't, you know, I don't think it should be a tax. It should more be like we're trying to do this, we're going to do it better, and, you know, if the cost is there, the cost is there, but it's not an extra tax of, oh, I can charge more for it because so-and-so. Uh, and you were, I, I really like what you described. It's not the materials to start with, actually. It's, it starts with the orientation of the house. And that that's completely new for me. That's a good good lesson here today. And I was like, well, hold on. So my, my initial vision of a site now when I go and see it is like, hold on. Um, it's like it's like that. I, I might have to start seeing that differently than I, I look at the site before. Because like, hold on, I knew that that would be a massive south-facing window because that that's the great view. But uh, that's not actually going to be the one unless it's got the heat grill and this stuff here. So there's certain things you actually yeah. 
don't want the sun in the summer in the winter you'd want it but you know that that can be done with heat grills it can be done with a number of things on top of yeah. it it's but there are also we talked about a little bit we touched it about refurbishments right because yeah. you know one of the things that i say in fantastic services repair maintain uh you know clean repair maintain is probably by default the most sustainable thing there is right like keeping it totally. but improving what you have yeah like, totally. like, like you know one of my dreams would be to just take the engine out of my car and replace it with an electric one tomorrow if i could right yeah. that one of my dreams like why, why haven't you done a swappable motor and bam it's gone you know yeah. um that, you know that business idea guys <laughs> you know but but on the house when you're talking about a, a, a refurb i think that's a fascinating one as well that can actually improve the current house even if you're building an extension that can actually improve the current house energy efficiency as well in that refurb yeah absolutely and uh, and i think um it's inherently sustainable because you're not knocking something down you're reusing what's there so the embodied energy you, you know you're you're uh, you're saving on embodied energy there um you're not having to rebuild from scratch so that automatically is sustainable then by refurbishing you can um you can improve the performance of the walls by um, adding insulation on the inside or you can actually add insulation on the outside depending on the house you can you can you can do it both ways it just depends on 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 um, heritage issues in some heritage environments you, you can't put the insulation on the outside but if it's not a heritage uh, if it's not a conservation area you might actually even be able to put the insulation on the outside so uh, and render and, and then render over the top so Look, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, scope for um, design and imagination with renovation, and it's um, and actually you can get some pretty exciting results by reusing old buildings and then inserting new things into them. Uh, you know, sympathetically, uh, it can be a very you can get very spectacular results. And um, you know, again, London's a place where there's a there's the building stocks constantly getting reused and renovated you know the old georgian houses the old victorian houses they're constantly being you know reused and uh petitions moved around and walls knocked out you know so again it's uh they're very adaptable those old houses you know basically there's just one a party wall on each side and then in between the party walls you can just basically you know move things around and um and that's what people do and now uh, and they're very sustainable just you know they've been i mean they've been, the georgian houses have been there for forever um and uh we're still renovating them so uh you know that's uh there's lots of lots of scope for uh innovation actually and, 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 I, and I, think, I think there's more and more technology coming out i mean there's more and more materials there's more, yeah. and more materials but there's also a better understanding of what to do with it and I think that's 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 really refreshing to hear, and also like, like um, an renovation project. Um, but again, I will ask you the same question as I did before. Like when they're coming new builds, like what what what's the are are the consumers or the the buyers are they asking for that now? I think you know when when they're looking at a refurb, when a redesign or something else of of, of a property, are they asking for that more? 
than yeah. they are from the new build because that's yeah. what I'm, I'm hearing like especially around um double glazing on the inside if you can't do for planning and so forth i mean and so it's it's extremely affordable some of those things yeah. like beauty wall installation like adding that in it was just uh, there's so much stuff you can do you can add an extra layer you can add three six millimeters on top and it's, it makes a huge difference on yeah. the cladding you put inside on the, on the on the on the wallpaper even and it's like whoa it's a completely different house the like quality and um, no, people people want to save money you know people don't want to be spending a fortune on energy bills they want to save money so they want to renovate their house and then they want to have uh energy bills that are lower than what they had before so um look it, it's it's about saving money it's and it's about saving the planet at the same time so you know it's uh that's what you want to do save money and save the planet um you know so absolutely i mean people are demanding um better insulation and and um and they want to refurbish they want to reuse their house i mean especially now especially in london with the cost of moving you know people want uh want to build up if they can um build build to the side build to the back and build underneath you know so you've got to be able to do all of those things for your clients um you've got to know how to do them all and you've got to know how to get it through the planning system so you've got to you've got to the, the big the big thing or the big um one of the big things that clients face is actually getting their project through the planning system um, in conservation areas in particular. It's yes. very challenging in London, and that's where you need specialist expertise and advice. Yeah. That's that's where the architect really comes in, is, is in two environments. One, we're designing an, a, a pavilion or a new build in a in a park or a conservate or in a, a here you know a, a, a green belt, say in the green belt or in a park. Um, so, for example, we've done two pavilions, one in one in the Lee Valley Regional Park and one in Hyde Park. So they those sort of places you need specialist planning expertise, but also in conservation areas, you need specialist planning expertise as well um, just to get it through the planning system. So that's the big that's the big sort of challenge that clients have, um, particularly in London, but in any metropolitan area, really any big city. Well, and also on greenfield sites. I mean, I think, I think, I think one of the things that that you know is like I, I'm always for maintaining uh, things and maintaining a certain charm. I mean, of course, there was a couple of years where everything was built so fast that you know that no thought of color or scheme or anything else was thought of, and and those things. And then there are that charm of of of, of buildings as well to keep it on, but also the idea of nature. I mean, you know, I'm a, the more I see it is like now people are trying more um, and harder to build interesting buildings. In, 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 in new areas, but also really thinking about it. But Graham, I mean, I have to thank you so much for spending your time on this. And, and it's like, and, and 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 in summary, I mean, you know, like you said, eighty percent of it is about the orientation and yeah. the planning of it, and 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 then a little bit about the materials, and then of course the cost on on the materials and what you're using. But they're also coming down. So that was really refreshing for me because I. I would thought it was all about the materials, but you're actually saying that the orientation is more important in that aspect of it. And I, I think you're right because, you know, we've got the biggest energy source out there. It's called the sun, right? It is the biggest yeah. energy source we have. It's bigger than, you know, anything we can heat up, right? So okay. it does yeah. have that effect on housing. So, of course, it, it, it's, it's obvious that if that is stored during the day, then it's – and we're not talking about solar panels. We're talking about actually how it stores into the concrete yeah. or into the walls or bricks or however yeah. it's stored so that – isn't so much from the materials but the actual lo location of it so that it, it does come in it does hit it and then it does it it makes perfect sense now you just opened my eyes into into seeing this so thank you so much for that Graham. that's all right that's great
Graham, how do people find out more about you and uh, and, and and how do they get in touch if they're interested? Yeah, so if they, go, they go onto our website, so www.grahamfordarchitects.com. Um, if they type into Google Graham Ford Architects, they'll find us. And then there's a, a, there's a, a form there, a contact form. If they just click the contact form and send us a message. Um, well, uh, we're happy to have a chat uh, over the phone and find out what they want to do. No, it's exciting, Graham, and I, I, I wish you all the luck with it and, and, and enjoyment of it because I think it is an exciting time and I think it's an exciting time to think differently. So thank you so much for your time. Um, again, thank right. you, everybody, for listening. Uh, it's the Property Experts uh, podcast from Fantastic Services, and we had Graham uh, Ford from Graham Ford Architects in there today talking about designing for sustainability, but also really enlightened me on on the number of things that can be done with a refurb. So thank you so much for your time and I'll speak Great. to you soon. Great, thanks for having me.